Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets trading in the red this morning on the back of losses on Wall Street overnight. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. You're with me here on Market View. Corporate earnings, inflation and interest rates are occupying center stage this morning. I'll break it all down for you. Joining me now to help me do just that is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. Happy hump day. And to you. Now, we have a lot of new data points to start with this morning, both here in Asia and in the U.S., and how companies are faring in the face of rising prices and changes in the post-pandemic economy. And I have to say it's a mixed bag to highlight this point. Let's take a look at two companies in the travel and tourism industry, Singapore Airlines and IHG, the company that owns Holiday Inn and Intercontinental Hotels. Now, one of these companies is soaring and the other one not so much which is which you ask well if you guess that SIA is really taking off while IHG is grounded you are correct Singapore's flag carrier netted 755 million dollars in the last quarter of 2022 that is a record for the company so what is powering SIA's good fortune Ryan yeah Michelle SIA is flying high a record mm-hmm. quarterly profit and this is seeing operating profit up 11.4% net profit up 12.7% for its third quarter so earnings per share at 10.3 cents which is up from 8.6 cents in the second quarter so all in pretty much building on the momentum it's been seeing after restrictions were eased and border closures were lifted so that's all good news and everyone's been trying to get on the revenge travel bandwagon and something that's continuing to feel the passenger capacity levels. And right now, if you look at the December capacity levels, it's already at 80% of pre-COVID levels in December. So it's just going to be a matter of time before we get back to pre-COVID levels. Shares of Singapore Airlines are up 4.5% since the beginning of the year. Now, on the other side of the coin, we do have hotel operator IHG, which I want to look at a little closer. It owns Holiday Inn, Crown Plaza and the Intercontinental Hotel brands. Now, IHG's profits are up, but not as much as analysts expected. So what is the story here? Yeah, it's a bit of a patchy one for IHG and it's all around what's happening in China. So it's a huge drag for IHG when you look at what happened for full year. And as you remember, lots of restrictions and curbs in China. Nobody really traveling there. Nobody really staying at hotels. So that was a big dent on revenue. So this is something that is slowly recovering, but still an uneven recovery as we see COVID infections continuing to play out, especially in the quarter, the final quarter last year. So this is something that will need some time to take off uh, compared to SIA. Despite missing sales estimates, IHG announced that it will buy back 750 million US dollars worth of its own shares this year. And that news may help IHG's share price in the coming months. But it did not do a lot for the stock yesterday. IHG closed down nearly 1% 
in London trade. Okay, let's turn from travel to retail stocks over in the U.S. I previewed this on the show earlier this week, and now we have two new data points, one from the big box store Walmart and another from Home Depot. Let's kick off with Walmart. It is reporting a blowout quarter with earnings of nearly $165 billion U.S. dollars. That is better than expectations and significantly higher than a year ago. Now, you might not know it, though, from listening to Walmart officials. Clue is in, right? Yeah, the outlook is something to be a bit concerned about because it's more measured than what investors were watching out for. So for same-store sales, they are forecasting for Walmart US to rise between 2 and 2.5% in the fiscal year ahead. That is below the 3% growth by the street. So just a bit of tempering of expectations and this weekend expected outlook is around what's playing out in the consumer spending patterns. People just buying less discretionary items, so those big ticket ones like devices, TVs, refrigerators, not as much as before, focusing more on value proposition product household items, which will mean lower margins. So that's something that they are quite mindful of. Also, another factor is how the spending patterns post-COVID is starting to moderate because they had a lot of savings coming out of COVID. They have started to moderate in terms of savings levels. So that is declining and could play a part as well in terms of how much disposable budget they have to go shopping in the coming quarters. So this is um, something to keep in mind as we look at how it plays out. And you talk about how people are moving towards the services side of things, buying more experiential stuff as well, away from goods. That was something Mm -hmm. we saw in SIA, people just traveling more, buying less stuff. So that's going to be a trend to keep in mind. So Walmart is cautious about consumer spending going forward. The company's CFO also noting that shoppers are buying fewer discretionary items, primarily because grocery prices are still pretty high. Next up, let's look at the home improvement retailer Home Depot. It was the worst performing stock on Wall Street overnight. Its shares dropped more than 7%. Why is that? It is an interesting set of numbers. So if you look at Mm. the quarter ended January 29th, sales Mm -hmm. was up 0.3% and net income also up 0.3%. So you might be able to take it as, hey, this company is still growing. It did not lose any Mm. money. So not a terrible set of results. But I think this is where expectations were higher and investors were hoping for it to do better. Or at least not as um, the flat type of performance that they just posted. And this is where the outlook also comes into play. Very similar to Walmart, they are looking at a rather muted year ahead. And it's a very different year because with restrictions lifted, people traveling, you just don't have that many people buying houses or staying at home to look at their walls, figuring out what they need to put on their walls, putting new shelves. They just don't need to buy all these home improvement stuff. And this is something they are quite mindful of if you look at the slowdown in the housing market. Higher rates would mean they would think twice about buying new houses, which will then uh, be a dent for Home Depot. So all these factors combined, you have Home Depot just sounding the caution when it comes to what might be a slowdown. Home Depot's poor earnings set the tone for Wall Street overnight. The Nasdaq fell 2.5%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 both dropped 2%. The overnight session on Wall Street's worst day of the year so far. In addition to earnings outlooks, Ryan, what has Wall Street in such a sour mood? (laughs) 
Well, sometimes it's really hard to figure out how people read into things. Sometimes good news is bad news. Sometimes bad news is bad news. In this case, I think what's happening here is you've got investors starting to have the, I guess, news or expectations start to sink in that the Fed may actually have to do more to hike rates in time to come for higher, for longer. That scenario is starting to sink in. And this is coming through with a few, I guess, numbers and data coming through in the past few weeks. Uh, one of it I am keeping an eye on is wages. We just mm-hmm. talked about Home Depot. And one mm-hmm. of the things they are doing is pumping additional $1 billion to give their AOE employees a raise. So it reflects how tough it is to find workers in some sectors. So that right. means higher wages. Someone has to pay for it at the end of the day. It could mean higher prices for consumers. And they'll lean towards a high inflation rate down the road. And that would mean the Fed might need to do more. And I think this is something that investors are starting to recognize more of and mm. starting to price it in that the Fed will be leaning towards that scenario. And we've heard from many of them in the past week, 50 basis points is on the table. Excellent point. Several reports, in fact, have come in recently to show that the U.S. economy is performing well. And while that might sound like good news, the strong economic data is also fueling concerns about inflation and interest rates, two points that will continue to be in focus this evening uh, as well. You're going to be looking out for certain things this evening, Ryan? Yeah, we've got a couple of things to look out for. One of them will be the Hong Kong budget, which is actually quite interesting if you compare it to what's playing out in Singapore. Similar challenges, but at the same time, a bit different because mm-hmm. of the restrictions around Hong Kong in the past few years and exodus of expatriates. They will have a bit of a dilemma when it comes to where to spend their resources on. They have to attract back talent at the same time, also focus on shoring up some of the sectors that have been badly hit. Plus, the long-term growth drivers like sustainability, will they also um, put as much focus on those uh, type of um, growth prospects or will they also look at the short-term pressures a bit more closely? So something to look at for today and of course Malaysia's budget on Friday. And then later this evening, we will also get earnings from NVIDIA, which will be something to look at when it comes to for one, consumer sentiment around devices, plus how things could be playing out in the chip industry. As I mentioned at the top of Market View, you're with us here this morning. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Good of you to join us. There's a lot of corporate news to get through, so I want to tackle this with Up or Down, our game show. Ryan, HSBC, Up or Down? All right. I am thinking HSBC is going to be an up, and that is because earnings came through Stronger than expected. Yeah, HSBC booking more than 5 billion US dollars in profits for the last quarter of the year. Let me add, on top of that, it is raising dividend payments to their highest level in four years. So that is definitely an up. And on top of all that, these latest numbers might help HSBC resist calls from its largest shareholder, the Chinese insurer Ping An, to break itself up. So a lot happening there. PayPal. All right, PayPal is going to be an up for me. So this is around mm-hmm. the headlines that it is investing in a startup, a Series A funding round. $20 million is the round. And this is a fintech startup called 
Mintowak. So I like the idea that is still on the lookout for new growth areas and you know, just trying to shake things up. Right, I'm with you. Usually when top officials leave a company, they cash in their stock, but not at PayPal, where the company's CEO, Dan Schulman, is, by the way, stepping down at the end of the year. But he just purchased nearly $2 million US dollars in PayPal stock. He's optimistic. That's an up for me as well, for PayPal. Let's bring the discussion to Singapore now with Semcorp. Yeah, quite a similar story. Stepping down is the SEMCOP chairman, Ang Kong Huang. He is retiring. So there's going to be a new person in charge of the chairmanship, which is the current deputy chairman, To Heng Tan. So I like the idea that you've got new ideas coming on board. So I'm going to give an up for SEMCOP Industries. Yeah, Semcorp's profits, though, up more than 50%, but its impending merger with Keppel O&M is attracting short sellers to the market. So I'm going to give Semcorp a down. All right, Ryan, let's look at Vicom. All right, Vicom is an up for me, and this is off mm-hmm. the back of its results, which is 5.7% higher from the preceding year for its latest FY. So I am seeing some growth drivers here, including higher demand for testing as activities resume and something as an encouraging sign that things are coming back to normal for Viacom. Yeah, it's an up for me as well. I mean, Viacom is booking $13 million in revenue for the second half of the year. That is about 2% higher than a year earlier. Not a huge gain, but still definitely an up for me. Wilma is next on our list, Ryan. All right, Wilma is going to be an up for me and it's also on the back of strong earnings 8.6% rise in its second half earnings plus it has Mm. plans to pay a record dividend Mm-mm. Wilma netted 1.2 billion US dollars in the second half of the year. And so that record dividend must be music to investors' ears. That's an up for me as well. All right, let's look at Nanofilm Technologies next. Okay, looking at Nanofilm Technologies is not as rosy as all the company earnings have been reporting. It is going to be a down for me. 43.6% mm-hmm. lower for its earnings in its second yeah. half. So it is, um, I guess, a bit more muted, challenging operating environment. And this is off the back of macro headwinds. So quite a familiar story if you've been tracking the tech industry. Yeah, I join you there. It's a down for me as well. Now, Nanofilm Technologies is a high-tech spin-off from NTU. Um, and their ultra-thin ultra coatings are used in things like fuel cells and solar panels and computers, even personal grooming products, by the way. And that might sound great, but again, yes, the profit's down more than 40% on the back of lower revenue and higher expenses. So, Nanofilm Technologies booking a down from me. Let's look at SingPost. Yeah, SingPost is interestingly going to be a down for me because it is reporting lower operating profit by 9.7%. So perhaps the high base levels are a part to play here because you just don't have that much e-commerce as before, plus you have expenses going up. So these labor-related wages and costs are just weighing on not just the Singapore operations, but also their overseas operating um, units as well, like in Australia. Singpost profits down nearly 10%. All right, let's look at Great Eastern, last on our list. Okay, taking a look at Great Eastern, which is, of course... 
Associated to OCBC, profit is down 37% in the second half. So it's perhaps a bit of a curtain raiser for what to expect for OCBC. And you've got Great Eastern citing negative impact of financial market movements. So that affected the valuations of some of their insurance contract liabilities. Yeah, definitely down for me. Not great for Great Eastern. Looking at profits down 37%. All right, before I let you go, we need to talk about the trend. Everybody's talking about chat GPT, but I want to talk about micro-mobility. I caught this story in New York Times deal book and it just blew my mind. There's this new product out there and it's called Moonwalker. It's an ode, I think, to Michael Jackson and that <laughs> song. Uh, I don't think MJ would wear these, but I'm not sure. Moonwalker is the brainchild of a Pennsylvania-based company called Shift Robotics. They strap onto your normal shoes and they're supposed to, I suppose, mimic those, you know, moving pavements you might see uh, in Changi Airport, those moving walkways, except you have your very own strapped to your Shoe. What do you think? Would you buy a pair to get around town? Yeah, who needs a travelator when you can strap it onto your feet, right? So I'm just looking at the pictures. It looks like a beach sandal with a lot of small wheels at the bottom. So it's almost like a skate slipper of sorts. I don't think fashion-wise I would go with it, but I imagine it will help me get around much easily. How about you, Michelle? $1,399. Okay, not bad, the price tag. But you know what? I don't want to wear shoes that have their own gearbox. I mean, enough broken bones for me. (laughs) But it's going to help you get around much more easily without having to do much. (laughs) <laughs> Some people believe these moonwalkers are the future of micromobility. Others say that the shoes will be a fad, uh, like the Segway. Remember those? Can you remember Segway? Yeah, that's a huge fad. I don't see many of them around much anymore. Exactly. So, you know, they could die out, but I don't know. I'm just going to remain bliss-free and use my feet for now. In the meantime, this is Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. He's Ryan Huang. Thank you so much for your company. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.